Easy to say, this match has been the yellow triaminic of uh, USL matches. <laughs> God. Did yeah. you just say yellow triaminic? My God. dad would give that to my sister and to, and to me whenever we got sick, and that stuff was horrid. Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about yesterday's match that was a bit frustrating, I think, for a lot of us Sac Republic fans to see what we saw yesterday. And it's a bit tough even for me to talk about the game, but alas, we talk about games after every single uh, week. And so there's another one and you have these games each season and, you know, we just have to brush it off and learn from our mistakes and move on. But we are going to be talking about uh, our thoughts and also, again, situations that happen in the match that will hopefully be fixed for the upcoming match that we'll have already in a few days on Wednesday against Phoenix. So let me go ahead and introduce, we have a full house tonight here, but as is usual, whenever we have a special guest here, let me start out with our guest tonight. That is Rion from the All Is Quail blog. Welcome, man. Thank you so much for being on. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here in South Sacramento with you. Yeah, and you know, I wish we would have you here after a win. <laughs> We're having you here in the match that we lost, but uh, hey, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on the match and what you have to say about it. Cool. Well, let me go on over to Sharon. I'm, I'm gonna ask the question still because I have to ask it too. But how's it going, Sharon? I hope things get better for you in, in the next few days, and please give us a victory on Wednesday. Sharon needs it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, thank you for that, and thank you for the well wishes. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm doing okay. There's some weirdness happening, um, you know, between Poison Oak and Ding Dong Bitches that have turned, I don't know, feral, to for lack of a better term. And um, I'll share a little bit with you guys privately later if you want to know. But anywho, um, all is good. I'm alive. My two podcast cats are here in the room with me, so I'm going to be seriously distracted, but... I'm very grateful to see Ryan join us today. So thank you so much. Jared, how about you? What's going on? It's actually cooling off a little bit. I mean, maybe a couple degrees, but you know, we're it's actually getting better the past couple of days. But uh yeah, aside from that, I mean we've got last night's uh match. My my uh, AFL team lost by two points to the number one team in the league. So yeah, not a whole lot of uh, positives, but I'm going to do my best to keep it positive. So, you know, we'll, let's uh, get, get down and do it. Yeah, let's first actually start talking about the positives, too. And then <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about our uh, situations here in this match, too. And like I like to say, right, it's all constructive criticism that we're going to be offering and that we always do. So nothing personal against anyone, right? We're just here to talk about our observations in the match and what players can improve on, right? Because we know that. Our squad is very talented, and yes, we might have some injured players, but the guys who start the match, who got subbed in yesterday, are all really awesome, and we know that they could be superstars, but uh, you know, there's things to fix, but let's go ahead and uh, allow Sharon here to introduce us to her segment. And now, one of my favorite segments, Glosses of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. 
let's hear some galazas of gratitude. And on that note, I will go ahead and kick it off. Um, <laughs> my galazas of gratitude are very slender. I am just very thankful for a Walgreens that has Benadryl cream, <laughs> um, hydrocortisone out with aloe vera, and the stinking numbing spray. I swear to God, it's probably the same stuff that they spray on players. You know, when they get injured, you see the magic spray. No, no, no. There's lidocaine in that stuff. And I'm so grateful for all of that because the way my poison oak rash has been kicking in, um, it's pretty it's pretty gnarly and that stuff I'm just I'm grateful I can get some relief at some point in time. But um, you know, there's so many other things to be grateful for, but for now, medicine better living through chemistry. Jared, what about you? Well, I definitely go out of gratitude for, for that local Walgreens for at least ha- having a out all those items uh, for you because I know that cannot be a- any fun having to go through through that. I mean, especially when you add on heat on top of it as well. So thank you, Walgreens, for for coming through in the clutch. Uh, as far as on my end here, I, I want to give a glass of gratitude to Oso Brewery and Distillery here in Phoenix. Uh, they are the brewers of the Phoenix Rising uh, Lager which for some of you that have known me for a while have known that anytime that Rising FC have come out with a beer, anytime I drink it, the team ends up losing. So, you know, Wednesday after work, I'm heading over to Oso Brewery, uh, probably the one in Paradise Valley, uh, so I can keep that streak going on because that's who we're playing Wednesday at Heart Health Park. So also another glass of grad gratitude mother nature for showing us a little bit of mercy here I mean, it technically did go over 110 again here in maricopa county but thankfully it hasn't been as bad as it's been for the past 20 some odd days so hopefully you know, we'll see some relief uh, f- uh, further soon yeah, also you know big losses of gra- gratitude for for rian for for showing up here uh, i quote unquote bumped into him by way of the discord servers and had a, had a look at uh, his blog and through some of the uh, contact us or about found out that he was a yeah, former member of Indomitable City Soccer. So glad to see some uh, some some legacy uh, fan powered uh, blog uh, podcast or so uh, still survive and thrive. So thank you again for coming out here. Uh, let's see, Luis, uh, you have one, one for us. Yeah, uh, sadly not that many, but of course we always uh, try to think of some positive ones here. But first one goes out to you, Rian, again, for hopping on on the show here. We really appreciate that. And really to fans like you, uh, like us here on the podcast, like, you know, ones that we've had in the past. And hopefully, like Sharon said last week, if anyone else wants to start their own show, start it as well. Uh, We welcome all fan base to, you know, speak their minds on anything that's going on with the team. But uh, y'all make sure that Sac Republic is still relevant. And yes, we know they have a marketing team and that, you know, they're doing their best and all that. But when you have the fan side, people also appreciate to hear our perspective on things because at the end of the day, right, we're not getting paid by the team. We support our team. We're speaking from the heart whenever we criticize and all that. <laughs> so it's really awesome that we're still able to provide that voice to people and that, you know, y'all can uh, comment can let us know if you agree or not with what we have to say. And it's fine if you disagree. I always say that. I mean, if you disagree on anything we say, I actually enjoy that, right? Because we know that's how our sport is. 
were always kind of going back and forth. Was this a foul? Was this a PK? Was this, you know, goal? Did it go in the net or not? And it's it's great. That's what makes our sport really awesome, that you always have those situations. So, again, just shout out to y'all for, for that. And another one out to Danny Bidiello because he had some stops yesterday, and if it wasn't for those stops, I don't know if I would be able to do the intro properly. And you guys could already tell my voice is kind of already going out, so... So thank you, Danny. Were you, because, uh, were you yelling at the TV last night? Were you yelling? I was yelling at the TV. Yeah, I think it was oh. worse than me being at the stadium. Especially, oh. Yeah, it, it oh. was tough. It was tough. Yeah, yeah. I felt, yeah. You this is why I enjoy going to games. <laughs> spoken like a true Libra, man. We get all emotional. We get all into that, right? So. Yeah. 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 And we'll, we'll dive into it right now, but. I mean, it was it was a tough one for sure. But enough of that. I want to hear, uh, Rian, what do you have for us here for colossal gratitude? Um, yeah, I want to give a colossal gratitude to you three for inviting me on this podcast and for um, continuing to provide coverage of not only Sacramento Republic but also you know the California Storm, the Central Valley Fuego, like those teams that you know we do need coverage of and they deserve coverage. So I am thankful that you guys. Pre- continue to um, give those teams that spotlight. And I have a second colossal gratitude to the um, Filipinas women's national teams. Want to talk a little women's world cup, you know, they're making their debut. They made their debut um, a couple days ago in Switzerland. Um, They still lost, but they uh, looked good. And um, yeah, that's just my family's home country. And it's just cool to see them, you know, on the world stage like that for the first time. Nice. And I want to say, didn't we have a California Storm member uh, playing for the uh, Philippines national uh, team? I, I could swear we did. Mm, I I haven't looked into the team members. I know there was one for Oakland Soul who was playing there mm-hmm. recently. But I didn't. I don't know if I saw California Storm. Probably I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, there was one player from California Storm that got elevated, but I think she might have been with a Nigerian team. But anyhow. Uh, Meg Reyes has been, uh, I don't know if y'all know who Meg Re- Megan Reyes is, but she's, uh, she's Filipino American and she's also, uh, uh, inspirational. She's a podcaster. She's a content creator and, um, all of the things. And she's also the voice for the Oakland soul. Um, as far as, you know, their broad, their broadcast voice or their, uh, game day voice. And she also covers um, Angel City Soccer. She does a lot of things. She's right now one of the hosts for Nike with the Women's World Cup. And she did a piece, uh, I think it was a four-part series, about the Philippines um, joining in on the Women's World Cup. And, you know, if you get a chance, follow Meg Reyes. Uh, She's phenomenal. She's been out. She lives in Sacramento, and she's been out to the Republic matches several times. Uh, She's just, she's phenomenal. So if you haven't started to follow Meg Reyes, do it. You won't regret it. She's an incredible content creator and an incredible advocate for all things, all sports, but in particular women's sports. She's she's just fabulous, and she's representing um, and really pushing the Filipina side of the World Cup. And she thinks that the that they will, and she's hopeful that they will come out of group stage and 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 move on. So, and I'm with her. Yeah, well, thank you for your comments, uh, Rian. And yeah, I mean, we're here to provide coverage for all the teams in the Central Valley and. You know, in the off season, we're going to keep doing more interviews with them as well. So we're looking forward uh, to that and to maybe also doing some uh, more live shows like as we've done in the past with uh, different guests and whatnot. And maybe some uh, Republic Jeopardy. I'm going to make a comeback if uh, Sharon wants to uh, 
work on that for the off season too. We might have that because I know people enjoyed that and uh, we have more audience now that maybe didn't get to see it live, but we had a blast when uh, we invited former players and we had to test their uh, Republic trivia knowledge and also some fans as well. Jared remembers it. Jared was uh, one of the participants and uh, I think the first one. Yeah, because I think that that was the one where we had a Villian Bijev on, I, I believe, and uh, I'm trying to remember who else was was on there. But yeah, I mean, that was definitely a great time. You know, ha- having you know former players on, testing our knowledge. You know, sometimes we get the answers, other times, you know, we, we just kind of brain brick on on a question. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely would love to do it again. We might even have Connor. I'm, I'm even thinking, ten year anniversary. How awesome would it be to have him participate too? We know he listens. He's probably going to be messaging me after this, but... Oh my gosh, you said the word Connor. Did you also include the angel music? Angels, you know, the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know you got it, someone hears it. Yeah. So, Ryan, every time we uh, mention the word Connor... (laughs) Thank you very much. There's a music theme that goes after. And so if you happen to say that word and Luis catches it in production you will hear this wonderful angel <laughs> harp music simply because he has been so so here's the deal with connor we love him um sometimes we get stumped on what's what and so we'll just put it out there hey connor can you find out xyz for us and the next thing you know on his podcast uh, mm. the breakaway we'll get an answer or he'll do like a, an interview or we will get answers and it's just kind of surreptitious how it all works out so if you have Anything in particular you want to ask the man, just say that word <laughs> for some reason. Maybe he only cues in when he maybe he fast forwards as an AI that listens for the word Connor. Or he's listening, he hears it, he's like, wait, I got to go back. Wait, what was it? Yeah, what was that question? <laughs> oh, yeah, sh- yeah. shout like, out to Connor. Connor, are we going to do like spicy beer with Jared who lost the podcast dinner winner? We were supposed to do something spicy last year. Are we ever going to do that? Yeah, yeah that, that one was the uh, the one chip challenge. Hot oh, chip. my God. You guys put the one chip challenge up for Well, Well, we, we, it, it, Connor started it. <laughs> right, Jared? Connor started it. But, yeah, and, and I offered to do the sit down and uh, even uh, partner with uh, Crystal Creamery and have like a little thing of either uh, milk or ice cream to, uh, you know, repair the damage afterwards. <laughs> But Connor started it. I swear to God, that was all Connor. Yeah, no, he, he did. Yeah, when they had their videos of that too and, and whatnot. But all do we right. have to get in? Do we have to talk about the game? We're stalling. So this yeah. is, Ryan, this is the same technique that Luis uses when he doesn't get a point in the podcast dinner. Whenever there's something we don't want to talk about, we stall like mm. crazy. And we really we want to talk about it, but it's just so sad making that... <laughs> to talk about last night's, um, what did I call it, Jared? I called it the, um, what did I say on that one thing on USL? Um, oh, goodness, I'll have to look it up. And you said it was the most TVG rated response. Oh, yeah, you said that uh, Mercury was in retrograde, or it felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> last night, Mercury was in retrograde for us because everybody, you know, the, the USL. Uh, uh, social media was like, hey, you know, who's happy or something like that. And it's kind of like, yeah, no, not happy. Yeah. 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 Easy to say, this match has been the yellow triaminic 
of uh, USL matches. God. Did yeah. you say yellow drive? My dad would give that to my sister and to, and to me whenever we got sick, and that stuff was horrid. So this is pretty, and this is pretty much the same reaction. I mean, it made me want to uh, expel. I'll, I'll put it that way. Well, I was going to say tri- expel. Yeah, is that a triangle shape? The triaminic was it, or was it a liquid? No, it was a liquid. It was. It was a. They had different uh, varieties, different flavors, <laughs> and the yellow one was always the worst. At least my mom g- gave us Dimatap. At least that tasted good and knocked us out. God. Oh. Okay, Ryan. So we haven't quite gotten to the food part of it yet, but we're mm-hmm. definitely talking about bodily functions. Yeah. Okay. That's a new here for the podcast, but uh, there you go. <laughs> but but that's that's how bad this match was. I mean, we have to talk about it, uh, and you know, really dive into some of the comments that we have and oh yeah it's like where do we start there's just so much too in the 90 minutes that happened and unfortunately again no goals to our side a three no loss two goals that happened in a matter of like three minutes it was tough it was rough but i'm gonna have my own separate points here but i want to hear first rian let's go to you if you want to give us your comments uh on the match and then again uh, I'll point out some things here after you guys uh, mention your thoughts on it overall, and then we'll take a look at the three goals that they scored on us. Um. So yeah. So what I have is um. So our attack. I mean, they looked fine. Um. We're we're missing our key players. We're missing a lot of um people who you know give Cicerone his uh support. You know, Ger, Felipe, Roro, and it, that is starting to show, and it was exposed during the this match against New Mexico, but our back line, um, you know, it's the number one defense in the league, but New Mexico was unafraid of it. They were willing to attack it. They were willing to pull it apart. They were willing to find the space. And that's what they did, especially going down the left with Moreno. Like he was able to, you know, find a goal. He was able to, you know, put in dangerous crosses that just pulled players away from their position and left space in behind and that's how New Mexico at least from my perspective was able to find their chances and find their goals. Baron? Yeah okay so I um, gotta stop playing with the cat for a second. Did you say that they drove a Mack truck right through our defense? Did I hear you say that or did you spell that wrong? That's what I thought I heard because that's what I always say when we get scored on like that is that their attack can drive a Mack truck through our defense. And that's what it felt like last night. Although it was like the the goals were really kind of quirky if you think about it. And I know Luis is going to try to pull them up on the highlight reel um, uh, here soon so we can kind of take a peek and cheat a little bit um, to kind of break down each one of the goals. I was... I don't know why our team kind of looked a little step and fetch it in the back. We have on the field last night, the four best defenders that we could possibly feel. We had Lee, we had Connor, we had Shane, and we had Jared. And Jared was playing in a different role, but we still had the four best that you could get for your money. And then we also had Arnold sitting in front of them until he got subbed out. So they should not have been able to do what they did to us. And I honestly can't tell you exactly which player, what the communication was like and all of that. But Lee Desmond ended up getting man of the match for Sac Republic. 
I want to know how you guys felt like was the, 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 who else would you have picked for man of the match? I mean, obviously Nick Ross wasn't there. We had others in that role, but in your mind, I almost wanted to say Russell Cicerone because he was running box to box, even though he didn't have to. And Kecko was working his freaking tail off last night to no avail. He, you guys, you saw my post. We have a private chat, right? And we'll probably have to introduce you to it and get you in on it. But what I saw Kecko doing, and he was doing box to box as well. He was setting up plays like nobody's business and slotting them through to the to players that were supposed to do something with them. And it'd be like the first touch of the player receiving the pass. Another field was. Sorry, Luis, you're going to have to... Well, you don't have to bleep. Do you have to bleep that? Do you? Uh, I still do just for the comedic value of it. All right, fine. <laughs> so I know we were playing on a crap field. It was a ball diamond, and there was so much commentary behind the scenes about why are we playing? Why is this... In 2023, why are we still playing on baseball fields? You know, this is the USL, and this is, you know, the highest level besides MLS. They don't play on baseball fields, you know? So unless they're playing baseball in the off season, which they don't. So, so here, here are our guys, here's Kecko doing everything that he mightily can and getting squandered. So I, I honestly think that they may have made a mistake on man of the match. I think it was Kecko, but Jared, what do you think of the whole shite show? Yeah, I would say Kecko is definitely uh, running a lot of things. I mean, he was definitely uh, putting in a hundred percent, hundred ten percent effort but uh, unfortunately, the results uh, obviously didn't work uh, too well in our favor. But um, yeah, I mean, it would have been great to, to have uh, Russell, you know, not, notch in another goal. Um, or really, for any of us, any of the uh, players to notch in a goal. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the field was atrocious. Uh, there is one MLS team I can think of that does play in a baseball field, although it's probably not as bad as the uh, NYCFC. Uh, they have been playing their games at Yankee Stadium, but I, I believe they are getting a new stadium. But, you know, that's besides it. It's ridiculous that the, the USL will allow places such as El Paso and New Mexico to still play on baseball fields. And yet, just, uh, and yet say, OKC Energy FC still can't play when it's entirely a soccer slash football field. They're they're main complaint is the sidelines are too narrow i mean it's still a playable field might as well bring bring them in i mean ultimately new mexico it's their home field they know their nuances especially the the dirt infield so they took their their advantage but it's not to say that new mexico uh, didn't uh fall victim either because there were a couple times i've seen a couple of new mexico players uh go slipping in the dirt or or, or so but i mean you have that field situation the home fans do show up, and they, they had great support with, with their uh, supporter group. I mean, you could tell because at least for a couple of times, the cameras were spending more time on them than the actual action on the field. But, yeah, this match, you know, there's only so much you can do, really. Yeah, I'm glad you guys mentioned the baseball field situation. I was going to bring that up as well. And, yeah, USL needs to change that up. I know that, you know, they wanted teams to – move on to soccer-specific stadiums, too. And, you know, they've kind of forced some teams out, too. We know uh, when Fresno FC was around, when they were playing at a baseball pitch, right? There was a situation there with, with that and what was going down. But you would think in 2023, 
where are we still playing in baseball fields, right? Isn't this like an early 2000s thing, right? Where you used to see the old uh, Kansas City Wizards play in the baseball field, right? And then they did the whole like like change of name and then built their stadium and all that. But it's like, why are we still dealing with this situation now? Like they should either move on somewhere else. And I'm sure there's plenty of spots they could play in New Mexico. Or again, just like, I don't know, just take over the field or do something about that. Because yesterday's pitch is probably... I would say maybe next to Tulsa's pitch when we played against them earlier in the season, probably some of the worst pitches in USL. And I think even New Mexico is probably even worser because that pitcher's mount was really profound. And we've seen other baseball fields where they do as best as they can, right? To like, I guess, put the carpet over the mount and just shave like it. you said, they, they yeah. shave it. Yeah. Or shave it. Yeah. So they could do the same thing or try and figure out. And I don't know if maybe they're in season right now and what's going on there. But if they are, then USO should not allow them to play in that field. Yeah, I think more than likely they are still still in season, uh, the uh, the isotopes. And then, of course, you have Tulsa. They have their uh, minor league baseball team and uh, El Paso. So, yeah, I, I believe they are still in season because it is minor league baseball. Uh, they usually keep the same uh, schedule or close to it as as major league so it's it really gets in the way i mean and you would think that they have uh, nearby universities that uh, could use the uh the football or, or soccer uh fields over there i mean uh, i mean oakland of course they use a uh, junior college or uh city city college fields so that would be another option to look into at least that way they're not having to have a major capacity i mean granted yes new mexico shows up for it Tulsa and uh, El Paso, eh, it's a little iffy, but there there really should be other options other than multi-purpose stadiums like, like those three. Although I did like it when we used to head up to Reno and beat them on their <laughs> baseball field. Yeah, Ryan, do you remember all that every time we? Oh up to yeah, Reno. That was those those are fun games to watch. Yeah, the, they were fun, and it was always good to stay overnight when we go to those games and just kind of hang out. So the yellow card situation yesterday, the referee I thought was very fair. I mean, actually, I thought she did a a pretty fabulous job. She was seeing the right things. It was almost as though she had VAR because she was really good at relying on her um, assistant referees. I thought that the match was well officiated, except I didn't get a point. Jared did. Dang it. Yeah, right. Like, how often does it happen that the away team has a decent ref? Yeah. Oh, right? and gets yeah. yeah. The white team gets the first yellow card. It's like uh, okay, all right. I mean, yeah, and they did. Uh, they were the, they they pulled the first yellow card. New Mexico, yeah. right? New Mexico did. And yeah, both Luis and I were like, oh no, Sac Republic's going to get the first yellow because it's you know they're going to homer us. But no, they actually uh, pulled the yellow on everybody else. So Jesus, now she's on another autograph jersey. She's on the um, she's on the she's she's. She's on the original kit, the 2014 kit. Oh, oh no, that one's more valuable. It's yeah, like, exactly. Careful, also, that one's also autographed. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I want to say is I want to repeat what John. John's our researcher, and Ryan. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, one of our um, John Crawford. He's done some of the research. Jared always does a lot of research. Luis and I just get emotional about things. But anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm right, Luis. You know I'm right. Yeah, that's true. Um, John is all like, uh, 
He's going to catch up on the match later because his Wi-Fi was spotty. I guess he was out of town. And I said he was on a vacation. Um, but he says, you know, there are minute restrictions for some of the players coming off injury. We were wanting subs sooner, but we had a couple guys coming off injury. Um, and he said, so ease up on the coaches because Luis and I and Jared, we both want to see subs when we're starting to get hammered or 65th minute when it's looking not positive for us. So I think the substitutions came a little late. Um, but he also said, also, look at how the players are not talking to each other after the goals. And I want to talk about that because in any sport, and mostly in beach volleyball, if you look at the best teams, when something doesn't go right, they group together really quickly after the thing that didn't go right, and this would be, in our case, a goal scored against us. They come together really quick and have a word and have a, you know, a quick sesh. Our guys, they hung their heads and they walked away from each other as though they were trying to look at who they were going to blame. Not that they were doing that, but it just, it just didn't feel like they were trying to like sort it out there on the field. And that's where real leadership comes in. And I don't know. I wasn't on the field. I couldn't hear what they were saying. Nobody was, you know, I don't know if we had anybody there except the coaches. I don't know if they're so reliant on the coach and the coaching staff to bring them back up, but they've got to do it themselves. So, you know, it's like Lee and Connor and, you know, Arnold uh, and, and Shane and Jared, when something like that goes weird, they need to kind of quickly do a huddle. They need to huddle around Danny Videolo and just check in. You know, it's not like you just, you just can't run off when things start to go south in the defense, when we get goals scored against, we got to make sure that everybody's okay. You know, and that's part of, that's, that's part of getting that joy back and getting that spirit back to walk away from each other, heads down and just let the game restart. That's not going to work. And so, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that the, the, the guys can change how they do their on field post bad situation huddle. You know, they have to huddle. They've got to talk to each other. Can't rely on the coach. You know, he's they're they're looking at him and his head's probably down or, you know, who knows? Maybe they're you know, Deech is so experienced, he's probably telling the guy, shake it off, you know, move on, that kind of thing. Um, because he's played at really high levels. But at any rate, that's my two cents about um what John had indicated needs to happen a little bit more. And it's true. Guys. I'm glad that he brought up the late subs. And you know I got to bring it up again. And you know I got to say that they weren't just a little late. They were extremely late. And I think this is the match where they were even more later. And that's one of the reasons, multiple reasons why, Sharon. I was actually shouting at the TV because we get scored on right before halftime, right? We're 1-0 losing at halftime. And then we get scored on 2-0 in the 57th minute. Yet we still did not see any subs until after that third goal was scored a few minutes later, right? In the 60th minute, first sub came in the 61st minute. It should have happened way earlier, right? We saw three subs come in uh, in that same minute. And in my opinion, Zico should have been subbed in right at halftime. Luther, I got to say it again. I was hoping he would prove me wrong at this match, but he is a guy that should not be starting the match. I was not impressed again by him yesterday, and Zico should have started this match, gave him the opportunity to do so, but at the very least, the sub should have happened at halftime because you're down 1-0, 
you got to throw in some subs. You got to show something different because they blanked us right in that first half. So you almost want to like just have a fresh new start, right? With some new guys and throw those three, heck, throw those three subs in right at halftime, right? Let's see what they could do. Yet they happened a little too late. Now I have to say that I do agree with the subs. Again, I wanted Luther subbed out already. Um, Connor Donovan, I wanted him subbed out as well. I've been really surprised because he's been really great. And like I said, all these guys are awesome. We know what they're capable of, but in this match, he had some sloppy passes and he seemed like disconnected from the match. He wasn't the same usual Connor that we've seen before. And you could see it. I don't know if you guys observed, but multiple times you could see Lee a little frustrated at the situation that was going on. And that's a little worrisome when you see one of your players like really like frustrated, uh, experienced guys like Connor, like heck, even Jared's already experienced as well. So it was worrisome too. And then the Jacker getting subbed in, it was great as well. But unfortunately, we didn't really see that much of Jack. And it's understandable, right? He's coming off uh, an injury and he's being put into a match where you're losing 3 0 already. So <laughs> can't really expect much to go on there. But yeah, completely with you guys. But I think that the subs should have been at halftime. What, what do you guys think in terms of that? Um, I want to add in that we opened the second half with a high press, with high energy. And it would have been great to see that with fresh subs. You know, Zico with a high press would have been great to see. You know, Jack Gurr uh, coming in. I know he's probably on a minutes restriction, but seeing him being able to push the ball would have been, you know, great to see. And we just didn't get that until like the 60th minute when we, 61st minute when we were already down like three goals. We didn't get that energy boost that we could have needed at the beginning of the second half. And it's like at that point, the team is already down. The right. morale's down. You you could do as many subs as you want, but they're only going to do as much, right? I feel like even though you're not on the pitch, they're still there observing at what's going on. And I wouldn't be surprised even them getting subbed in. They're like, well, I'm going to try and do as best as I can, but you're throwing me into a fire, right? <laughs> what can I do? You throw me into a fire, you're not giving me a fire extinguisher. <laughs> so that that was one thing too. And I got to say, you talked about it earlier, Sharon, in terms of man of the match. To me, Danny is probably the only one that really stood out. And yeah, I saw Keiko and the hustle and all that was going on. But I think, again, if it wasn't for Danny, we would have seen more goals come through. And oh, it would have been it would have been pretty bad. Yeah. I, you know what? That's a really good point because he had to come up big several times. Um, you know, and... Again, I we weren't on the we weren't there, so we couldn't hear the buzz going on. We don't know what Lee was saying, you know, as to why he earned them. He could have been like one of the most vocal guys doing a lot of organizing. Um, he was wearing the captain's armband. If you noticed last night, he was wearing mm-hmm. the captain's armband. Yeah. So yeah, Danny Danny Vidiolo kept us kept a score at three when it could have easily have been seven. Yeah. It could have. I was a little worried <laughs> after that third goal came through. I was like, we got to get, you know, focused. And if we don't score, at least don't get scored on again, because the last thing you want is, uh, you know, now, you know, is to have a worse goal differential. And I know goal differential, you know, it doesn't really matter as much, right? When you tie 
first criteria is, you know, score amongst the teams and, you know, goal differential comes until a little later on and it's really tough to even get to that point there. But still, you don't want to have a situation where you're down even much more. So he, he did his part. There. Yeah. Yeah. And I was listening a little bit to the New Mexico feed by way of ESPN Plus. It was remarked that uh, this is the first time in the USL regular season that any club has scored more than one goal against uh, Republic FC. Mm-hmm. Yes, there were the uh, US Cup matches, but that's it. That's a totally different kettle of fish right there than the USL regular season. So New Mexico, they just pressed some uh, hidden buttons and took us out the way that they did. They they read the playbook. They they did they sh- they knew what was going on with us. They knew who wasn't going to be in. You know they they were aware and they did what they needed to do. And I've got to give it to them for having a huge fan base. I mean, you know, granted it's a baseball field and it's hard to get a good view from a baseball field, but they were able to put a lot of butts in seats and their you know their fans were rowdy and they were good. So, but the good thing about their fans is none of them rushed the field. None of them came to our bench, otherwise known as San Antonio's lax security. So I have to hand it to these folks in New Mexico for being, uh, having, having a little bit of cooth and manners. Oh, yeah. They definitely do have a fan base there. And, and it's great, right? That's one of those markets that I say you're going to have a lot of people. There's no other professional sports right i mean aside from minor league sports and all that but it's a great market and i think usl also is uh introducing another team jared do you recall what state it was i'm trying to remember what state it was that they recently introduced uh, a future expansion team well the latest one they announced an expansion for is going to be northwest arkansas Uh, that was recently announced (laughs) i'm sorry arkansas okay But I believe Warren Smith may be helping them out as well, because I've seen on uh, the USL Discord uh, some pictures of uh, Warren with uh, Northwest Arkansas, at least by way of some uh, tweets. So I'll have to look into that. But uh, it doesn't surprise me. I'll back off then. But (laughs) Arkansas? I mean, like I know they're good for raising chickens, you know, because I think that's where Tyson chickens come from. But I didn't know that they'd be all into soccer. That's pretty interesting. Ryan, what do you think about that? I'll, I'm curious to see what kind of like draw they can have, what kind of like marketing they come up with. I'm, I'll, I'll want to see what they can create out there. Yeah. But you know, the great thing about this is that like, even though a certain state might not be too much into a sport, you're kind of like introducing a sport to a state that might not have like other professional sports there. And that's exactly, I think, what's happening here with New Mexico is that. You're giving those local players an opportunity and even better. If there's no other major sport there, we want our sport to be there and to grow and to you know have more players that come from that state. And, you know, just uh, it's a good idea by USL, like Bravo by what they're doing, too. And hopefully they start doing a pro rel, which is another topic <laughs> of discussion made for another time. But <laughs> And of course, this also opens up uh, yet another regional rivalry. You know, uh, once you have uh, uh, New Orleans uh, startup, you've got the uh, the boot derby. Uh, they ha- they have it with uh, college football you know, because you figure with Arkansas to the north and Louisiana to the south, it looks like a like a long boot. So that's another uh, derby that could be set up uh, once these uh, teams take place. 
I mean, there are other clubs that are opening up as well, as far as for uh, USL Championship and just USL in general. But uh, uh, those are some of the later ones. Uh, we've also got Jacksonville that's mm-hmm. looking to get a uh, USL Championship uh, team started up. Um, and as far as USL League One, you know, we've got Santa Barbara coming up. Um, as far as uh, USL Dallas Fort Worth, I've not really heard a whole lot of uh, news on them. So I don't know if the, if the if the uh, relocation of the Austin Bold FC is still going to happen because they were talking la- last uh, October that uh, Fort Worth was going to be the new city, but really uh, radio silence on, on that end. Yeah, that would be an interesting place for them to move them to but certainly not a spot that has an mls team already because that's really challenging to you know even draw you know i don't know 500 people to a game there but uh yeah they're doing great things here in new mexico all you have to do is just fix their pitch i keep saying it over and over again there but uh let's go ahead and take a look at the goals that they scored on us too let's look at this first one 45th minute i know sharon doesn't want to look at it just give me <laughs> uh different like you know gestures and all that too but we got to look at it. We got to see uh, the mistakes that were made. And a guy that Rian pointed out, well, Moreno, he kind of did whatever he wanted to with our defense, right? He's a speedy guy. And, you know, that's exactly what he did in this goal, right? This is before he scored his goal. Assisting. Connor was just looking at him. I don't know if he was looking at his shoes. May have been some really like high end shoes or something that maybe he was thinking of buying, but didn't do much. And yeah. He gives the assist. The guy turns around Aldair, which is typically, you know, a little better at, at marking. Unfortunately, lets the guy make the turn, pull the shot, and there's nothing really that Danny could have done, right? I mean, right in front of him, pulls the shot. He might block it every now and then, but heck, he's right there in front of him. You can't really expect him to block those all the time. Connor got magged. Yeah. Connor got magged. You know, and and where was the first defender, second defender technique? You know, Lee was in the area, but I I guess Lee was doing the, he was going to cover Danny Videolo, you know, because he was making a run back towards the net. But yeah, that was a weird, get the ball straight across the face of the goal and none of our, none of our players were able to like pick it up or do anything substantial, you know, to clear it out at the time. Um, Yeah, that was it's just one of one of those situations, and you're right. Aldeev normally is good at picking up and tracking, but I think everything happened just way too fast. And you know, first off, there was not a second mark on the dangerous player, and that was Moreno. So, yeah, but you're right. Danny, Danny had nothing to do with it. Can we just move on to the second and third goals and just get this freaking part I, over with? I also just want to point out Moreno placed the ball through four of our defenders and our fifth defender who was marking his target got spun around. Like there's yes. four defenders in the area and none were able to get a foot on it. And it's just it's it's a perfectly placed ball. Like you can't do anything with that, but so somebody needs to be getting on that. Yeah, and I'm glad you point that out. Yeah, because the ball just went through so many defenders. No one did anything about it. You would think that, oh, someone will be right there and make sure that the guy doesn't have an opportunity to place the shot. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. And as we're looking at a closer replay of it, too, Aldair was actually snagging on uh, the goal scorer's jersey. So if the guy hadn't scored, 
there would have been arguments for a PK called for him either way. So that's another thing that you shouldn't do. I always say it over and over again. If you're in the box, do not hold on to the opponent's jersey for whatever reason. Don't do it. Unless you're maybe in a 1v2 opportunity where the goalkeeper's out or something and you just got to do it so they don't score on you. But, you know, don't ever do it in this situation there because if he doesn't score, you're probably going to get a PK called on, right? I mean, those snags on jerseys are pretty obvious to see. So there was that. There was that too to top things off there. But Jared, any commentary on, on your end on this one? Not any clean commentary. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I hear that. Get that helmet going. Yeah, if, if I if I actually had that helmet, I, I probably would have gotten it uh, up and going after the third goal. <laughs> but you don't have the helmet anymore. I thought. Oh no! No, no, helmet. sir. The, oh. the twenty twenty one helmet. I'll put it that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast about the uh, the picture I had posted. So you'll have to have a look at that uh, once we're done here. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I know what's going on. It's a double bong. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, that, that's a way to uh, to put it there. But let's talk about the second goal we got scored on. 57th minute. And again, we mentioned the guy's name, Moreno. He not only got the assist in the other goal, but he also got the goal in this case here. And in similar fashion, too, we had plenty of defenders that could have stopped the pass, that could have maybe at least like blocked him from pulling a good shot, and one of those being Shane Wheat. Shane has been not himself for a while now, not even just this match. And I don't know what's going on there, but I don't know why he couldn't slight tackle him before. It seemed like he was open to be able to slight tackle him cleanly, gave him a corner kick, but don't let the guy who is probably one of the more talented guys pull a shot right don't even give him that possibility to do so and he gave him plenty of time to get ready to pull the shot which ultimately gets him the goal and again nothing that Danny could do in this situation there because it was a perfectly placed shot but Shane I don't know what happened here um Sharon you hit the nail on the head on the first goal with them playing quick um, they on the second goal they just played it really quick across the box and um, that side of the field they just could not recover. You see, um, Ferdi Sousa on his way back like he's not in set position. He's not ready to defend, but they find the space in between him and Wheat and they just attack it and exploit that space that was given to them. You know, and it's it's true. So here's the deal. That was Jared's old position before they had to pull Shane and, you know, put him back in on the right side and let Jared wander through the middle of the park um, because we're shorthanded, right? So Jared may have approached that situation differently. Shane claims he's still getting used to playing on the right side. When we talked to him after the last match, we asked him specifically, how does it feel to get back to the right side, which is where he was groomed for so many years. And then, uh, you know, our coach has him playing typically on the left side, left of the three uh, central defenders. And so now he's relearning the the right side and it doesn't doesn't just happen overnight. So you could kind of tell Jared probably wanted to hustle and get that cover going because you saw him taking a look at the situation. You had both he and Arnold totally not marking, you know, they were marking empty space. You know, so 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 that's a number one thing. It's like they were late to the ball. They were kind of watching 
the game versus playing the game. And things when you start doing that, the other team can just very quickly just go, oh, my God, these people are just standing still. They're cones. Let's just run a drill and we'll have a shooting drill. And they did. And we were cones. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. We weren't cones. We were trying. But it just didn't work out. Sorry, we're not cones. Sorry, guys. I mean, it it kind of felt that way, right? Just based on on the goals that it you know, it's just I think what was frustrating to me more again in these two goals. Look at the quantity of players that we have there. Like we shouldn't be allowing these goals to get scored when we have so many players there available to mark. And again, these are guys that they know how to mark, right? They've had uh, you know great games in the past. There's a reason why we're in first place. So. It it just gets you a little worried, you know, when it's like, are you guys forgetting what got us to where we're at, right? What got us to be in first place, to play so well, right? So at a certain point, when a few weeks back, right, when we were still winning, I was even saying, hey, this team looks like it's better than the one from last year that qualified to the Open Cup final, right? It looked like we had a stronger squad, but now it's looking more like an older Republic from a few years back that didn't qualify to playoffs. And it's worrisome. And hopefully, you know, again, these things get fixed. But uh, we can't fall into that situation where once you're losing, you lose track of the game and what's going on, right? Because it's going to happen again. It's We're going to be losing 1-0 again, inevitably. Might even be on Wednesday. And we need to learn how to come back from that because we've had teams in the past that they've been losing, but we've had plenty of comeback victories, right? In our history, plenty of really symbolic ones too. We know that. So I think... We need to use that as inspiration, and I really can't wait till Roro comes back. We need that leadership again because he's been through it, and I think that's what's missing here, Sharon and uh, you know, Rian, Jared. We need Roro back there. We need him uh, as a motivation to the guys. We know how passionate he is for Sacramento, and if this situation was going on, he would be addressing it on the field, and it's not always the coach that addresses these things. You need that captain to do so. And Lee was trying his best. He was doing his role, right? I mentioned earlier, he was, you know, shouting at the other guys, but it's not the same when you got Roro, right? I feel like he has more respect on the field due to his trajectory because the guy's been champion in sack. It's another level, right? I mean, people look at him uh, a lot different than I think any other player in the squad in general, right? We know how big he is with us, but that's what happened in that goal and so real quick we'll take a look at at the third goal which again happened just minutes after that and you know you you see it happen often with teams right you get scored on one and if you're still not concentrated if you lose it you end up getting another quick one which ultimately just kind of defeats you up and you feel like we're not even going to tie this match at this point especially being a uh, 3-0 score there but Similar situation, right? The guy who starts to play number eight for New Mexico, he pulls a backheel pass over to Moreno. Moreno was right there. Moreno saw the one of the guys open there. They had their chance to clear the ball there, right? Because the guy he passed it to, he couldn't quite control it as well. Yet they didn't do so. And you had one of those situations where you have a lot of people blocking the goalkeeper. And... It's really worrisome when you have a lot of players right there, like getting in between your goalkeeper and, you know, their vision to block the ball. And that's exactly what happened here too, right? The guy who ends up getting the rebound from the little brawl situation, not brawl, but they weren't fighting. They're were just right there all grouped up, bunched up together. 
he ends up pulling the shot and it ended up being a clean shot. And even if it wasn't a clean shot, it could have easily hit one of our guys or the New Mexico guys and still gone in. And that guy should not have been allowed to be so free up out because that's what they're going to do on you, right? The guys are going to go up. They're going to try and get their opportunity for rebounds. And if you get the shot, you're going to shoot. That's what I always say, right? I mean, you see a bunch of guys in the middle. You're going to want to shoot whether you score or you hit one of them and you score. It's still your goal. So that's what happened here. And there you know. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had quite a few opportunities uh, similar to that, but we just end up skying it about uh, two miles above the other uh, goalpost. Um, I mean, that's definitely something that I, I know the uh, boys in red uh, could, could certainly work, work on. But this goal, I mean, New Mexico, they were going for long distance and they were able to keep the ball at least below the top bar. I mean, had we had similar results, then who knows? This this could have been tied at uh, 3-3. But unfortunately, New Mexico, they were a little bit better on uh, accuracy and actually getting on target with the goal. Whereas, you know, anytime we've had a similar chance, goes wide right or wide left or goes over the goalpost. So I think that's definitely something that uh, we're going to have to have uh, work on uh, this season. I'll drink to that. Sharon is actually literally drinking, so you guys know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if if last night were um, a drinking game, all of us would have been like plowed. It's like, oh, you got to take a shot for this. You got to take a shot for that. You got to take a shot for every time we missed the target when we were shooting. You got to take a shot. Yeah. So last night was just horrible all the way around. We we were very emotional during the game, watching everything. And you know, I know the players. If you look at their body language after, I mean, who's laying there on the ground? That's Connor. Um, you know, because he had just done a slide tackle to try to clear the ball and, you know, it wasn't, it didn't, it, it ended up getting shoved right back down our throat. You know, we had Moreno doing the cross, the miss, the skirmish, um, you know, the ball getting cleared and then the shot coming in. And it's just, it's demoralizing when you've tried everything as a, as a defender, you know, to do whatever. And then you see Lee just kind of standing there at, everyone after that goal that is when they needed to come together as a squad like you see in beach volleyball when good things don't happen you've got to come together and talk it out really quick you you just you can't point fingers you can't look around everybody had a part in that and i know they probably all did realize that i know it was three zero there was still tons of minutes left in the match to try to get something going. And so, you know, the subs had started to come in by this time. We had started to, to, to make our subs. We left Russell on the, on the field. Um, but, you know, other subs were being made. However, a difference didn't occur after that. You know, we didn't, we didn't see the difference we were looking for. So. Yeah. And then look at Russell's reaction too, after the goal, right? Like he was like, Oh, he wears it. He Russell's hears. reaction was our reaction. That that was that yeah. was our reaction, but him on the field. Yeah. Right there. And yep. we need more players like that, right? You can't just stand right there. You gotta not only react that way, but also respond and you know, just try to get that one goal. When you're down three nil, it's tough, right? Especially given the minute and all that. It's it's really it feels like mission impossible to get to to even tie the matchup. But 
hey, you still want to score a goal. You still want to get that honorable goal, as they call it, and, you know, not leave 3-0, right? Not leave without scoring at least one goal, right? Something that can make the score at least look a little better. But not only that too, right? But for the next match, feel like, hey, we scored in the last match. Even though we lost, at least we got a goal. Whereas now it's it's a little, like, tough, right? Demotivating going into another match after you don't score in one match. So that's how they should have reacted. And unfortunately, yeah, we had, you know, opportunity here and there. But there was really no clear opportunity aside from, I think, uh, one play in uh, the first half where we had gotten, I believe it was a header by Lee, outside header, that the goalkeeper ends up actually uh, deflecting over to the corner kick. And I think uh, uh, Shane was close to giving it a second header too. But the goalkeeper, if you guys remember that play, I think that was the closest play we ever had in the entire match. Other than that, we had a few outs. And um, yeah, I mean... Nothing that would, you know, make their goalkeeper really work. So really their goalkeeper could have taken a break, probably had some lunch, probably just like look around and be like, when are they going to give me the ball, right? And that's not what we want. We've had a team that has really, you know, made it difficult on goalkeepers. And that's why, you know, we're so uh, hurt, I think, by this match because we've had other losses. We've had tie. We had plenty of ties this season and it's never really seemed this way, right? Yeah. So, we should probably take a look. We're still first place in the West. Um, and we should probably think about, you know, the, the future of the subs that are happening. Uh, subs. Uh, the Phoenix match that we're looking at, we're staring down the pipes at Phoenix. That can be a real up and down kind of team. We, we know that they tied uh, Colorado Springs switchback yesterday 1-1. Um, we, we've seen... Phoenix being this and Phoenix being that. So at the end of the day, Wednesday is a is a big day for us. Hopefully the weather cooperates and we're not going to be you know super sweltering because the guys are not going to get much rest. Um, and standings wise, we're still first in the West, so that's a good thing because as Jared and John pointed out, Mercury was in fact in retrograde because weird stuff happened all over the place in usl championship with score lines and scorers with orange county beating i forget who you know we had weirdness all over the planet last night so it can, it was to our advantage because el paso didn't win so yeah yeah, uh, yeah orange county beat uh, memphis for three now granted memphis got a red card but still they went over to tennessee and beat memphis yep. for three so yep. Yeah, we've seen different things, and that's why I say we can't like sleep on Las Vegas, even though it might be last place. We can't think, oh, it's going to be an easy three points that's going to help us uh, lift off, right? Yeah. Because well, this this know. week it's 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 Phoenix first. You know, we have Phoenix on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, like afterwards too. Like we oh, can't, yeah, like, yeah, 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 like and traveling over there, or if we don't get a good result on Wednesday and feel like, well, we're going to lift up and Las Vegas. Of course, we're going to be saying that if it's a negative result <laughs> on Wednesday, but still you can't take any team for granted. And we've seen it this season. It doesn't matter if you just won one game or you've won 20 games, anybody could win. I mean, that's, that's what USL has been like since forever. Right. I mean, you've had those teams. It just seems like the next three games is a bunch of trap matches for us. We have <laughs> Phoenix in the midweek, Las Vegas. Um, We can't 
really take for granted. And then Monterey away. Seaside is always a tough place, and they beat us last time we faced them, and it's just going to be another rough match for us. Yeah, now granted, of course, Monterey's kind of been in their own slump, right? They're now out of playoffs uh, as it stands today. And, you know, it's kind of surprising too. But again, the, the table, when we look at this, and this goes to what I keep saying week by week, that every team is so close to one another that this is why we can't start sleeping now. Because if you lose points in the next three, four weeks, we could be seeing ourselves out of playoff territory or even right there fighting against other teams to keep that like, you know, six to eight spot. And we can't be in that situation. Right. It's tight at the top. And I've never seen it this tight at the top. Ryan, have you ever seen it this tight at the top where two matches? Yeah. It's close. It's very close. All the way down to 11th place. Jeez. Yeah. Right. That's a crazy thing, right? So 11th place, Rio Grande Valley. 24 points. We have 35 points. There's a 15 point differential, basically five games equivalent between us and the 11th place, Rio Grande. And Las Vegas has 11 points. So they are like, you know, way down there. But yeah, it's crazy the situation that we're seeing. And the West has just been on fire. They've beaten a lot of the East Coast teams. And the East has been pretty sloppy, I think, this year, which is kind of surprising because they've had uh, a lot of great squads. But yeah, yeah, we need to be careful because we have San Antonio in our back heels. Essentially, they have 34 points, just one point behind us. Opaso, 32 points. And we should be glad that Miami actually beat San Antonio yesterday. I know you, Jared, were probably celebrating that Miami. Oh, yes. Uh, because they could have been in first place. And even if they had tied, they could have probably been right there as well. So, yeah, it's it's a little... Again, tough up there, but we need to make sure we get the three points on Wednesday because otherwise San Antonio could pass us. El Paso with 32 points could tie us. And then Oakland Roots is right there with 30 points. Oakland Roots has been moving up fourth place. And then San Diego actually still has a game in hand. They have 30 points, so they could be two points behind us. And then Colorado Republic has one more game than we do. They have 29 points there. But again, all these teams are moving up. And also New Mexico. 28 points, one game in hand from us, we let them also get close to us, right? So that's the thing right here. You lose games against your West Coast opponents, other than maybe Las Vegas again. And it's hurting you twice, right? You're not only losing, but they're also catching up to you real close and real dangerously close. So we have to beat Phoenix. Otherwise, we're also going to have them six points away. <laughs> so uh, And then plus a game in hand, because they, they have a game in hand right now too. So could be more. Crazy. Don't have so, me do math in the next podcast, <laughs> please. Because I, I I don't like seeing the situation here and seeing us uh so close to being out <laughs> or being low. So podcast winner dinner. Winner dinner, yeah. I know. We share the feeling, Sharon, but uh yeah. I have the feeling even more because I'm not in first place. You're still in first place. <laughs> okay. Um so in this match, even though Sac Republic did not get a point at all, did not get a goal, Jared actually did get a point. So there was that because New Mexico got the first yellow card. So shout out to the ref. Jared is pretty happy with you today. <laughs> uh, that's the positive thing there. So he gets a point and Sharon and I do not get a point. So that puts our standings at Sharon first place with 15. Jared is getting close to Sharon 
14 points right there in second. And I'm still in third with 12 points. So, uh, yeah, getting yeah, pretty Jer- interesting. I was going to say, Jared, watch out. I can always move you to be right next to the elevator on the first floor in the ice machine come August 26th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Inside joke: Jared's traveling to California for the for the big game for the guess who's back match, and I happen to book his room. And so, yeah, not that I'm the podcast secretary, but um, yeah, I can always change that. <laughs> Woo! Not gonna do it. Trust uh, me. I, I gotta have some positive this week. <laughs> there you go. So I will go first with my predictions. Um, right. On Wednesday, I do not have a shutout. I would love to see a shutout, but I'm not seeing it. I have us winning 2-1, which is a safe score. Hopefully it's I'm wrong and that it's a way bigger score and that we run up the score. But I have us winning 2-1. Uh, I have Russell as the goal scorer because he, again, is way overdue and you know as far as that goes. And then if he somehow isn't playing, I have Jack as my backup scorer and uh, I have sack pulling the first yellow Sacramento Jared, what you got? Well, I almost want to say we, we carry the uh, Chandler uh, draw curse with us, but then again, we're playing at home. So that's going to be a a different situation there. So I am going to say, you know, I'm going to go one, one. So we draw. Uh, first, first goal. I am gonna say, oh man, yeah. Like now, I'm gonna roll the dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who's gonna actually be uh, available? That's that. Yeah. That's unfortunately playing a factor now in uh, choosing the goal scorers. Uh, so I am gonna roll the dice and uh, say Arnold uh, for my first choice. Uh, if he does not uh, get it, then. I would like to say maybe uh, Zico for for my second choice, and I'm gonna go with Phoenix for the first yellow. So Arnold did sub out. I'm wondering if he was injured, but uh, you know, fine. He might not see the pitch, and then Zico probably will because he's fine and healthy. So there you go. Yeah, Please, yeah. Please, what you got? So I am also gonna say a tie. I think it's going to be a tough match. I see a 2-2 tie for us here. And first goal score, I have Russell. I'm going to have faith in him again. <laughs> yeah. And if he's not available and I say Keko, I think he, again, he's long overdue a goal as well. First yellow card, I think it's going to be Sack getting the first yellow card. Again, I'm going to go with that yeah. one because uh, it's a bit rough. But uh, yep. I think it's going to be a tough match, though. We're going to be going to be out there in the stands. Um, yeah, going through a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of emotions going through because <laughs> it's going to be a tough one. So I have I a question. Yeah, I was going to say, Ryan, if you oh. were, yeah, Ryan, if you were going to pick, what would you pick? Not that um, it counts, but we could <laughs> bonus we could points. A, yeah, bonus. Points. Sure, why not? Um, I just wanted to say a fun fact that out of the current iterations of all the USL championship teams, Phoenix Rising is one of only three teams we haven't all-time negative goal differential against in USL league play. But, okay, so 
in terms where did of you, where did you pick up that fun fact dude? um i i have my own like little stat tracker thing that i made for this season because you know i started all this quail so i wanted to have like a bunch of stats to refer to oh i love it yeah nice. so <laughs> yeah so i just have a bunch of things that i could like look at and be like okay that's happening but yeah so in terms of predictions for this match I will also go with Sharon on a 2-1 Sac Republic win. Um, I will say... Who, who do I want to score? I'll bet on Russell. He's He always seems like a solid scorer. He always seems dependable. And then for my second, I will go with Kekko. Yeah, Kekko. And then I will have Sac Republic as, my, as the first yellow. So, yeah, there you go. Right in line. <laughs> well, we will see. You know, maybe we'll have to have you jump back on after. You know, oh. After, yeah. And, and you can either A, gloat, or B, you can, be in the, you can sit in the basement with me because we're kind of very similar. And, you know, I don't know. Do you, you probably don't drink, but, you know, we could. Uh, A little bit. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. So we can we can be drowning our sours together or we can be having boba tea. Who knows? Ooh, boba's always good. Uh, boba's always good. And I've got so many bobas. I live in Elk Grove, and so it's like you can't go down a road very far. Mm. Oh, State of the Republic food cast. Wait, what? What are we called? State of the... The food. State of the food. Yeah, we did it. We went into food. We talked yeah. boba, boba tea, and we can go even further. Oh, and you mentioned Mikuni Sushi earlier, too, when oh, we were talking about yeah. me winning it, too. Well, actually, that, that wasn't recorded. That was off <laughs> recording, but we did mention it here. So it technically happened, you know, not during the recording, but still happened during the pre-recording time here. But yeah, yeah. well, good mixture of results. It's great. Jared is going with the different first yellow card. So, Sharon, you're going to be out there hoping that we get the first yellow card. The moment know, Phoenix right? pulls that first yellow card, Jared is officially tied with you, and you're going to be like hoping that we get the win, two right. one, or that Russell scores. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting being out there too, and uh, Jared's going to be rooting on Phoenix getting that first yellow card. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm, I'm definitely definitely going to ha- try for a couple pints of that uh, uh, Phoenix Rising Lager in, in hopes that they that they lose and that the the curse continues. So <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers are very crossed. Yeah. Of course, we hope to get the win because we're going to really need it. And as Rian mentioned, too, uh, on our upcoming matches, we're going to go a full month without Sac Republic soccer. So if you guys are able to make it on Wednesday, please make it. It's also a state fair match. So your ticket lets you into the state fair if you were able to get there earlier. I'm going to be there and I'm coming out of Modesto, as you all know. So uh, if you're there local, and you don't have anything else going on that night, then please make it out there because we're not going to see him for a full month. And they need all the support that they can get out there because they've had a rough few past games. And we need to be loud because this match could be really critical since we're going to be traveling to four different venues consecutively. And it's always tough. The travel gets a toll on you. And we can't enter this like little vacation no well not i shouldn't say vacation we can't enter this little like travel road trip yeah. road trip yeah things we can't enter that with the loss we gotta get go into this we gotta go to las vegas with the win because it's gonna be rough if we don't get the win at home having to travel so much it's not gonna be an easy 
situation. So that's why we, the fans, we need to play our part. We need to be out there. We need to make the stadium as well as possible. The weather is going to be really good. It's going to be 92 degrees when I checked that earlier today. So there is no excuse. Make it out there. We've been in 100-degree weather, and the stadium has been full. I know it's on a Wednesday night, but again, we're not going to see him for a full month. So be out there, everyone. That's my quick PSA. So you're going to be there? <laughs> yeah, I'm oh going to be there. Yeah, my sister is too, and I have some other friends going. So that's fabulous. Uh, Rian, are you going to be there? Ooh, I I don't know. I I work on that day. It's going to be a tough ask to come back from Fairfield and then come in at the same at that time yeah good point good point <laughs> well also the um from what i understand if you arrive by 6 p.m you can actually watch the usa play netherlands right. um so that'll be mm-hmm. that'll be fun as well so now are they gonna do that on the pitch at the stadium or, yeah, or at that, the stadium or... oh nice well yeah. there you go everyone that's another uh great benefit i'm glad it starts at six too Talk yeah. about perfect timing, right? Start perfect at six timing. and then yeah. the game's at eight. And you have the people there at the state for anyway. So, I mean, you can't go wrong, everyone. Great food. The rides are there if you want to take the carnival rides before or after the game. And last days of the state for too. So, I mean, if you haven't made it out there, then there you go, right? I mean, your ticket right. lets you into the fair. So, come right. on. If we bonus. do lose, there's worse places to be. Should yeah. not be at the fair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that, talking about positivity after a loss, seeing all those lights and all that, at least you're like, okay, we have that. Or at least you drown yourself in the amazing fair food, right? Right. <laughs> it's a great way to drown the situation there. But um, yeah, well, other than that, again, thank you so much, Rian, for being here with us here. It's been really awesome. And Thanks for having me. We'll give you this space here to you know share your uh, blog link and you know invite people to follow you on on social media if you'd like oh god you know this is the first time i've done this so i have none of this prepared but um yeah you can follow me at allisquailwordpress.com that is my uh site and i'm also on twitter as allisquail um you can find um match recaps match commentary that i do like like live threads and all that kind of good stuff like i did for ics so yeah come and follow me out that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again for being on. And yeah, please everyone go give him a follow on social media and check out the blog. Sharon, Jared, any last final words for you guys? Hey, I'm just glad that the USLW final, wait, which final just got played over the weekend, Jared? Yeah. For the women. Yeah, it was the USLW championship. Thank yep. you. Finish that off. Uh, I believe it was Indy 11 that took the cup. And it looks yep. like a, a really good thing. So go ladies and go U.S. Women's National Team and go Sac Republic. Can we just like hold Phoenix Rising's head underwater? I'm sorry, not like quite like graphic, but like when we're ahead, don't let him up. You know, really, really turn the screws to the team, you know, to our opponent this week. And can the guys please get healthy? What in the heck? We need our players back. We need these guys back. So, yeah, summer slumps are no fun. Yeah, I totally agree. And I have seen Kevin is still trying to work on signings. Apparently, there's multiple, according to a tweet. So the word was signings. So hopefully that gets done 
as quickly as possible. I have my sneaking suspicion on who one could be, but it's more just uh, talking out of my backside and just thinking out of my backside too. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yes, congratulations to Indy 11 on winning the USLW championship. Uh, congratulations on Central Valley Fuego winning this, this weekend. So that was the one positive that we got going on here. And, uh, Hopefully, uh, Phoenix ends up to, uh, taking the L in California this coming Wednesday. If all else fails, if I don't make it out to Oso Brewery, at least I know I can watch it on the Arizona Family Sports uh, locally here, uh, since it should be on, on TV as well. And go Republic. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Central Valley Fuego. That was our only positive side of, of all of our uh, local teams here. They managed to pull the win 2-1. And not against any team, against Charlotte Independents, which are second place in USL League One. So, bravo to them because it's never easy to play against the uh, top team there that is, you know, making a run for playoffs and get the win. And still, you know, they might still be in 11th place, but hey, they got 16 points. And as a reminder, the top six are the ones that qualify in uh, League One to playoffs. And their difference between 11th place and 6th place is only of 9 points. And they do have a game in hand to Union Omaha, who is in a 6th uh, place right now. So if they win, they could potentially just be 6 points away from playoffs. So awesome to see them there. Awesome that you know new coaching staff kind of brought a new mentality, new formations and all that. So great to see them there. Great to see them making a comeback in the second half of the season. And... Hopefully they're able to uh, make a run for the playoffs, but we'll definitely be following uh, their next match, which if you want to follow that match, their uh, next game is going to be on Saturday, July 29th. Uh, they're back at home against uh, One Knoxville Sour Club, and then they're going to have a, the following Saturday, another home game against uh, Chattanooga Red Wolves. But uh, it is an hour before our game, so hey, you want to catch the first half. If you're not going to Hard Hill Park, then I'd say catch the first half at least. And uh Root on the Fuego, or a local USL League One team. All right, everyone. Well, if you're going to the game on Wednesday against Phoenix, we'll see you there. If you're watching on TV, then be sure to check it out at 8 p.m. And root for the Republic. Let's go out there. If you're able to make it to the match again, please be there supporting them. And let's let's get the much-needed three points that uh, will be uh, the ones that will help us uh, make sure that we're that much closer to guaranteeing playoffs at some point in the season. So have a great night, everyone. Thank you so much for your support. And we'll see you next week here on State of the Republic podcast. Cue the music. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see what's happening in the background? Pretty soon the jerseys are going to come off the wall again. <laughs> yeah, so for all the listeners, yeah, podcast cat is making a, an appearance <laughs> here. Always happens. And... Uh, yeah. It's very distracting because last last podcast she took Bruce Murray's number four jersey, U.S. Men's National Team. She took it off off the wall. I haven't put it back up, and she's headed for she's headed for the autograph jersey. Oh, not oh, the no, autograph she's jersey. Headed, she's headed for the scarf. Oh, the scarf too. Oh no. Oh no! It's the autograph jersey. Oh, She's not the autograph jersey. Not the autograph. Oh, jersey. Get it. Get, get it. All right. I'll, I'll All right. get the cat. So, so. Oh, so there anyhow. you go. Oh, thank God. Do a huddle around Danielle. Oh, sorry. Oops. Bleep time. Uh, I had a cat.
Yeah, I'm trying to be a rock climber all the way up. I'm like, okay, so she really can't do, but she tries.